0: Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Hey everyone. I'm so excited to launch season four of Quote Me. We have an excellent lineup of guests, quotes, and conversations coming your way this fall. If you haven't already, I'd encourage you to leave a rating and review This helps get the word out, helps bring more people into our community, more people listening to the show and understanding more and more of who God has created them to be. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoy this season of Quote Me. Welcome to Quote Me, a weekly podcast that seeks to encourage, inspire, and lift you up to be all you were created to be. Words are powerful, recognizing and celebrating the impact they have on our lives can comfort or challenge us or both at once. I'm your host, Lindsay Schlegel, and I'm so glad you're here. Today, I hope we can honor the truth, beauty, and goodness of well-chosen language, and so glorify God. Let's begin. My guest today is Nicole M. Caruso, the author of Worthy of Wearing, published by Sophia Institute Press. She is also a professional makeup artist and beauty consultant, former beauty editor, and homeschooling mother of three. Nicole's mission is to inspire women to invest in their self-worth with her movement, hashtag, Worthy of Wearing. She wants women to live an integrated life where faith and style meet. On her website, NicoleMCarruso.com, she shares her expert style and beauty advice, tips on healthy living, and reflections on marriage and motherhood. Nicole, welcome.
1: Hi, Lindsay. Thanks for having me.
0: Sure. I'm thrilled to chat with you today. Um, and we have a quote from St. Augustine, who is one of my favorites. His feast day is my birthday. Um, and one of my my sons has his name for a middle name, Oh. which sometimes I feel like he's like He's three, right? So he's like pre-conversion, Augustine. <laughs> and so I'm like, can we skip to the end um, after that whole conversion thing? Um, but our quote today is our hearts are restless until they rest in you. So I'd love to hear if you can remember where you first heard this quote. I don't think I can, because I feel like it's, I've seen it in so many iterations, but how does that work into the work that you do?
1: Well, I don't remember where I heard it. I think it was in a book of meditations or something like that, where it was just kind of like at the bottom of the page or something. And I saw it and really felt, um, I could relate to it, the restlessness that we feel when we're searching for God or we're searching for the deep meaning in our life or who we are meant to be, what our mission is. And we have no idea where to begin. Um, and so much of my story started when I was in that restlessness and I'm like doing those cries out to, at the time, I think as a teenager, early teenager years, I really didn't know if God was even real. (laughs) I was raised Catholic, but I didn't understand. Um, really anything about the church other than, you know, seeing crucifixes and uh, state statues and thinking they were just, you know, decorations in our, in our Italian American house. (laughs) Um, So I think that restlessness was something that I really could understand. And then knowing that it only will stop when you are kind of sitting in the gaze of our Lord, knowing that um, he is completely in control and he has um, amazing plans for your life
0: yeah yeah absolutely um and and you see that in a way that I think a lot of people don't see it or didn't see it before they they came across the work that you're doing to see it in the clothes that we wear and the way that we style ourselves the way that we present ourselves um there's a lot of theology of the body worked in there too right like this this connection between soul and body where we're we're both things we can't Um, We're not supposed to kind of issue one of them and just focus on the soul and ignore the body. They all work together. So what brought you to that and how, I guess, how I I, want to hear both what brought you to that. And now that you've been doing this work for a while and you've written this book and you've gotten it out there into the world, like how have things changed for you? Do you see any, like, how has it gone deeper
1: for you? Well, to start, I think what brought me to this idea that the body and soul are connected because I am not someone that's ever studied theology just putting that out there for your listeners <laughs> um I really discovered it through personal experience so um grew up always loving design style fashion just art like culture it was just to me the theater of it the beauty of it was just um so attractive and I knew I wanted to pursue a career working in that industry in some way, whether it was makeup, style, fashion, and ended up doing all the above. Um, But then when I was 16 and I had this reversion, I started to understand the faith, the teachings of the Catholic church, the beauty of our faith, what the true presence of the Eucharist was. Um, And I felt like I sort of was living this double life for a while because I was you know, on fire for my faith, growing in love for Christ, understanding who he was for the first time as a, as a person. Um, and then I was going to public school with all my public school friends, uh, listening to whatever was on the radio and watching all kinds of movies that were, you know, definitely would scandalize me now. (laughs) Uh, and just felt like I had these two tracks and they weren't meeting. And I thought to myself one day, like, you know, God made me, but, and I love all these things. Like, does he even care? And it actually came out through spiritual direction. Um, my spiritual director one day said to me, like, you know, okay, you get dressed every day. You put your makeup on every day. Um, why do you do it? Like, what's the intention in doing it? And I had never stopped to think about that before. I mean, as a young teenager, you're like, cause I want boys to like me. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're like, can I say that in this context? <laughs> I know. I was like, well, what do I have to lose? You know? And, uh, so I just was honest. I was like, that's, I think that's why I'm doing, you know, my makeup every day. And she just invited me to take it to prayer. And she said, you know, um, could you do your makeup for Jesus? Could you get dressed every day for Jesus? And I was like, what would he even like, does he even care about that stuff? Like that just seems so like minutia for him, you know, I need a robe and a
0: rope and I'm picturing like the way people dress in the chosen
1: like, Yes, exactly. oh is like light brown or dark brown. I, don't, I mean, it's like, <laughs> there wasn't really a lot going on there and they had such a different way of dressing for the weather and the state in life that they had. So, um, but that invitation to take that to prayer, I think was the spark for this entire thing. Um, and as I started to, you know, work in makeup, work in fashion and see the talent and the artistry, but also see the um, work that they're doing against, you know, femininity and against, you know, promoting what true womanhood is. It was just like this bomb went off and I'm like, there's gotta be something to the beauty. Um, And, and yet uh, you know, the faith always seems to kind of reject style. So it's like, I had to explore it.
0: Right, right. Is the faith actually rejecting style or is the faith rejecting this iteration of style and how it's been morphed and twisted?
1: Yes, yes. So I think I I just found through my own experimentation of of trying to dress to fit my field and also trying to dress in a way that dignified myself that there was overlap. There was a way to um, go out and into a business meeting and feel super fashion forward in the middle of Manhattan and also look um, dignified and respectful and professional. Um, so it was just you know, through making a lot of mistakes too that that all came about. Um, but I just felt there was such a lack of resources for women to understand that these two things do overlap, that the intentional way of putting ourselves out into the world actually can help spread the message of Christ through our own confidence and joy Um, And so Worthy of Wearing really is a book that I just want women to take to deeper examination. What is my purpose? What am I created to do? How do I wanna put myself out into the world? And what are some of those practical things that I can learn to make this my own?
0: Yeah, I love how you're connecting it to your relationship with God and to others and to yourself, right? There's all those parts of it. It's not, I think that it seems to me that often fashion that strays in the wrong direction is not definitely not focused on what god thinks probably isn't really focused on what the self thinks either it's think about it's focused on what others will think in a way that is not um that's not helping anybody so i love that i love that turning it on its i want to say turning it' on its head and its head but actually putting it back in right order mm-hmm.
1: um
0: okay so now as a mom i'm thinking you have three young children like how do you how does that i how do those ideas work into the way that you're raising your kids and that you're being an example to them? Because to be out in the, there's there's all these parts of us, right? Like to be out in the working world and then to be home with your kids, it's important everywhere. So how do you think it works into that too?
1: I think there's a few things at play. Um, Number one is as as women, as mothers, um, we have to model it by living it ourselves. So, um, you know, I can't expect my daughter when she's 16 to know how to take care of her skin. Let's say if I hadn't started teaching her by myself, taking care of my skin, um, you know, or having her watch me like, okay, this is something that's important. I should probably do this, you know, and learn, learn teaching them how to build good habits, like brushing your teeth. And also here's how to iron a shirt. Here's where you would wear an iron shirt. You know, it's not to go play in the mud. It's to go to mass, you know? <laughs> So, and and so that part of it is just teaching them about those contexts. You know, I'm not going to wear the same thing to mass necessarily that I would wear home to scrub a toilet, you know, teaching them those, those different things that are um, appropriate for the place that you're going, where you will be and, and, and sort of what you need to dress for not doing it necessarily for others, but showing that we do, we wear this to do this, we wear this to do this. And I think it signals something also to our mind of like, okay, I'm going to have, you know, a beautiful dress on at mass. I'm going to feel a little bit more special because I'm in the presence of God, you know, or maybe I am doing chores. So I'm not going to wear my best clothes because they're set apart. for you know, they're for Sunday. Um, and so just kind of showing them uh, both in teaching them by how you're living your life. And then, and also kind of correcting them as they start to experiment with, you know, dressing themselves and picking out their own clothes um, and saying, you know, that's great for the beach, but we're actually not headed to the beach today. We're going to, you know, a picnic with your friends. So let's like adjust this a little bit, you know?
0: Right, right, right. You may get sprayed with a juice box, but still the rain boots are a little, maybe, yeah. I <laughs> um, I love a kid in rain boots though. And like, and in, oh, in like, best. A, not the right kind of situation. I have a niece yeah. with rain boots all the time. And cracks me up. Um, So what would you say, what is your top advice to someone who's maybe hearing this idea of worthy of wearing for the first time um, and is has ordered your book, but is waiting for it to come in the mail and is trying to like, how do I start? I haven't been living this way before. What is, where are the first things I can't, I'm not going to go buy a whole new wardrobe right now. Like, how do I take what I have um, and redirect it in a way that's going to glorify God?
1: So I always say to sort of start by opening up your closet, your drawers, and looking at what you already have. I guarantee you don't hate every single thing in there. I'm sure there are things that you really do like, whether it's the color of it, the fit of it, um, how you feel when you're wearing it, something that, you know, your husband or your sister or your neighbor always says, wow, you look great. You know, you look great in that. Take note of those things and really set them aside because those are going to kind of be this foundation to, the next part, which is really finding out what's missing and, and also what inspires you. So that's like a twofold um, a twofold change, I think, because most people think, well, okay, I wanna dress like this you know, character in a movie that I saw. So that means I have to throw everything out. And it's like, well, no, let's not do that. <laughs> let's be practical. Um, but if there is a character in a movie that you saw and you just think, wow, I just, I'm so attracted to that. I want to bring elements of that into my wardrobe, you know, write those things down. What does it mean? Is, is, is the character wearing a lot of, you know, um, kind of menswear inspired inspired pieces like plaids and, you know, trousers and cute little blazers and things like that. Okay. Write that down. Um, is, you know, do you really love wearing, pants versus skirts versus dresses, like what do you feel comfortable in? What are the colors you love to wear? And you kind of end up with this whole style vision, which I really walk you through in the book, um, more more specifically how to do that. But um, when you know exactly what's missing, like what the holes are in your wardrobe, it's so much easier to go out in whatever budget you're in and shop for those specific things. So it really frees you up from holding on to clothes that don't speak to you, don't make you feel confident and you can kind of just let them go, you know, donate them or give them to someone who would really love them and then start to rebuild. You know, okay, I I, I notice every time I go to mass on Sunday, I'm looking for a sweater in this specific color. So next time I go to, you know, thrift store, department store, you know, whatever, wherever you shop for your clothes, um, I'm going to be looking for that sweater, you know, and keeping a little log Um, you'll end up spending less money on random Mm -hmm. stuff that's just happens to be on sale or catches your eye. Um, And your closet will be so much more cohesive so that getting dressed actually takes less time and you can just get on with your day. It doesn't have to be this like 30 minute long process of like going through all your insecurities every morning.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're still like, I still don't feel comfortable. Yeah. (laughs) I still wish something else is happening here. Um, I, yeah, I love that permission to let go of things. I know there are things in my closet that I put on and then said, "No, nah, I'm going to change," and I just leave them in there. And then a few weeks later, I try it again. I'm like, "Still don't like that." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's still in there. <laughs> if it were anything else, I, I, I would, I would yeah. pass it along. But that, I'm like, well, maybe, maybe someday. Uh, I like the idea. I think that's what what it is. Like, yeah. like the idea of it. We're like, like the way that someone was wearing it in the ad online. Yes. Right? A while ago, I had I was a group text with some friends, and um, a bunch of us were either pregnant or nursing, and we were joking about the nursing, uh, like nursing T-shirts that, like, once you get them, they have all these weird overlaps, and like nothing fits right. And you're like, I think the woman that ad isn't even pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> she has bump on underneath her shirt because the rest of her body is not pregnant. Like that is not what a pregnant human being looks like. Right. But recognizing that too, and like we could joke about it, but it also It was so comforting to me to realize that other people thought that too. I thought it was just me trying to figure out why I wasn't looking like the ad
1: because the ad was not real. Yeah. And I'm sure they had little clothes pins all tightening everything behind you yeah, that you couldn't probably. see.
0: Well, that's the other solution. I could just put clothes pins on my clothes.
1: The <laughs> fabulous, so. And then only stand facing front, you know, you have to shuffle <laughs> along the wall to uh, avoid people need- seeing your styling tricks. <laughs> oh
0: my, God. my husband listens to this podcast often on his way home in the car. <laughs> John, you're going to be surprised when you come home today. <laughs> what <are you> doing. <laughs> Um, That is, that is great advice. And I'm very grateful for that personally. And I know that our listeners are going to be grateful for that too. Um, There's more on your website. There's more on your book and on social media. So we're going to link to all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I really enjoyed it. Oh yeah, it was
1: great to talk with you.
0: Listeners as always to suggest a quote or a guest, follow the show on Instagram, quote me underscore podcast, or contact me at my website, lindsayschlegel.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast, leave a review wherever you find your shows, and tell a friend. Until next time, God bless you.